Also, just thank you guys for praying for, um, you know, the revival in Uganda. Yesterday, I was in Tanzania. It was really amazing to be in Tanzania and get here, back here so fast. No, but it was incredible. And, you know, we can see, I can see they're showing the crowd. It was supposed to be Friday, but something happened, and the government official said you can't meet today. So the people just stayed around, and others, they just hung out there on the property, wherever they were. It looked like to me in the middle of nowhere, but they had a big stage set up and speakers and all that and screens, but um, multitudes of people came to Jesus, and they were having testimonies at the end, and they, they called me. And, of course, I don't speak Tanzanian. I can barely speak English, you know. I'm still working there, but... Anyway, it was obvious one of them had been deaf all her life and was healed. And so she was sharing her testimony that she could hear. And there was a whole lot of deliverance going on. And I, all I could, they told me now, they said, you know, revival is sweeping Africa. We're a part of that. You know that, all of us. It's not a me thing. It's a we thing. It's actually he thing. But we're a part of that. But they said that that area, had no one had visited because there was a lot of witchcraft. So they set the screens and the speakers right up in the middle of witchcraft territory. So there's all kind of deliverance going on. So I just, I looked at it as God just casting out demons, you know, out of the region, out of the... Anyway, it looked like pretty amazing revival to me, and um, I'm just amazed that we're a part of it. And if, if you're part of this church, you're part of our online crowd, you're a part of a great move of the Holy Spirit that's breaking out in Africa. And uh, so we just press on. You know, if you've been somewhere 15 years, you've had to endure a few things. So that's probably one of the greatest testimonies we personally have. We've endured 15 years in this place, 10 years here, you know, and you just have to endure. So you endure. You can endure. You know the Scripture. You that we have to endure until the end, you know, dear to the end, you know, all that will be saved. I always look at that as a declaration of faith. There will be those who endure unto the end. It's going to happen. And I'm going to be one of them. You're going to be one of them. But anyway, we are in a war. I'm going to show you that. But um, a glorious, it has been glorious. Yeah, you know, the righteous stumble and fall. You get knocked down. You get hit beat up you just get back up something in me when I was a teenager that I don't know 12 13 14 there was a guy that picked on me all the time and he was bigger than me and anyway I would hide because I would hang out at the YMCA in the afternoons my mother was a nurse and so they'd I'd go from the high school to the Y played basketball every day growing up all the every day Man, I could beat these guys way bigger than me. I'd drill them on the court. But anyway, <laughs> this guy, he, he didn't play basketball. He came to beat me up most of the time. So I'd hide and uh, hide in the showers wherever I could get. And one day I got tired of hiding. I said, this is enough of this. You wimp, be a man. So anyway, I got out of the shower and I knew he would come, and he came into the dressing room, and he started picking on me. And you know, it's just one of those moments, Scott. I just went berserk. I think I scared the guy to death is what it was. I just went crazy, and I plowed into him. And you know he never picked on me again. That was it. I never saw, I don't even know where he is today. Maybe he snuck in here, I don't know, but... He said, you remember that day in the dressing room? Man, I was spitting, hollering, crying, screaming. Sometimes you got to do that with the powers of darkness. You don't back off. You just rise up. You go for it. Anyway, I want to show you a couple of things. Um, I won't take too long today, but I want to show you some things. Mark chapter 4, real quick. You know, we've been um, talking about revival and um, 
these men that are coming this Friday, Dr. Stephen List, responsible. He's not just one of the men. He was responsible, responsible for the revival that broke out in Fiji. And then two weeks from now, Alan Smith, they're having a man down in uh, New Life, and they ask us, could we host him on Friday? So that's on the 24th. And uh, he wrote a book, Like a Mighty Wind. And uh, he's uh, going to be here. He lives out in, um, I think he lives in California. And uh, so we're really connected to New Life Church, just great friends. So this is two Fridays in a row. We're going to have like these apostles on revival. So this is good stuff. We need training, you know. And, uh, but remember we talked about some things you have to be aware of. Number one, you'll be criticized. When God shows up, you will become the brunt of criticism, even by those you thought were your friends. You know, you don't worry about it. Just remember we said, ask the Lord, well, what is true about this criticism? Take the sting out of it and just, you know, grow from it. And then revival is a new awareness of the presence of the Lord. Man, I'm so appreciative when God just invades this place in worship. Today I felt his presence. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't even really want to come up here, to be honest with you. That's the way I feel sometimes. And I remember we were at Rodney Howard Brown's, and a man, he was, he's the head of one of those television networks. And I forget, GTV, whatever it was, I don't know. But he got stuck. Remember the night? GTN, whatever. Whatever. But he got stuck, and he could not move. Elderly, 80-something-year-old man, he got stuck. I'd never seen that as a Baptist. I couldn't. I wanted to go push him and see, are you really stuck? You know, and he was. He could not move. He was standing. Hour and a half, 80-plus-year-old man. And, and I'm just amazed. He couldn't sit down. He couldn't move. He was stuck. Rodney was having a blast with it, if you know Rodney Howard Brown. But the guy was stuck. Anyway, I've, I've, I've told the Lord, Lord, maybe just stick me sometimes. You know, just let me be stuck. And that one we have to, anyway, but I want to obey the God. And, and then when revival, you got to pace yourself. You don't want to wear the little folk, the crowd that you have out. You could wear out. People have already told me, boy, we're getting tired. But, you know, and it's, it's okay. Yeah, I know you'll lose your reputation. Revival is a new beginning of obedience to God. It's like a determination. I will obey. And then remember, we've never been this way before. It's all about our response to what he's doing. It's not what we do, boy, we figured out the strategy. No, that ain't going to happen. No, it's responding to what he does. And then it's not about our game. Not so we'll be super blessed. Now, we will be super blessed. But it's not about what we gain. You may lose it all. In fact, you do when you follow him with your all. And then it's about a passion for him more than anything. It's to give us a foundation to launch into his purposes. Freely you've received, freely give. It's not about, and this is what I got this morning, it's not about our going 24-7 to church. It could be. There are times, and I appreciate those times, we say yes and amen, we'd do that. It's more about being the church 24-7. Rather than going, it's about being all the time, 24-7, 365. But then I remember one more thing about revival, and that was the guys from the Smithton Revival. We've been students of revival. We pursued. We've gone. I've gone to all the places. I've been to Toronto, Pensacola. We were there. And uh, so we went to Smithton. Remember that what they call it, the Cornfield Revival, you know, and uh, Pastor Steve, I, I forget his last name, but we invited him here. And one thing he told us that, that stunned me a little bit, he was talking about revival, and he said, revival is war. And that seemed to strike a chord inside of me. Like, this, this man knows what he's talking about. Now, why is it a war? Well, look over in uh, Mark chapter 4 real quick, and I'll tell you. Look in uh, verse uh, 13. He said, you've got to understand the parable. If you don't understand this one, how can you understand any of the parables of the kingdom. They're all parables of the kingdom. So the sower goes, sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the, the world is, the word is sown. 
when they hear, Satan comes immediately. Now, why does Satan come? Because he wants to steal what has been sown. So young people understand it's going to happen. Satan is going to show up. In fact, he'll come even more when you get a little fire because he wants to put it out. He wants to steal. And then in verse 16, then there are those likewise sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, but there's no root So they endure only for a little time. Say, I am not in this for the short haul. I'm in this for the long haul. That's it, man. We're not going back. I don't care, though none go with me. We used to sing that song. But they have no root, and so they endure for a little time when tribulation or persecution arises. Now, why does tribulation or persecution arise? Because you're some great, mighty woman or man of... No, it's because of the Word. The, it comes because of the Word that's, that you've heard, that's been sown. The Word is what brings forth the harvest and produces the kingdom. And, of course, it's the Word we receive, so he wants to come and steal that Word. And then there's the cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches. Man, there are a lot of cares today of the world. They're there. But you got to persevere. And then the last group, you know what happens. They're the ones who the seed is sown on good ground. They hear the word. They accept it. They believe it. They bear fruit, some 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit. And that's who we are. Say, that's who I am. And we're not even going to be satisfied with 30-fold fruit. We want the whole thing. I want the whole world. I don't want Congo, Tanzania, Uganda, South Sudan, Rwanda. We want all of Africa, and we want all of America. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. He said, ask of me. So let's ask big. I'd rather ask big, and the Lord one day say, you asked me for too much. I wasn't into all that. Then get there, and he says, you asked me for far too little. So let's just ask for everything. Okay, so you guys be encouraged. Tribulation and persecution will arise. You can do one of two things. You can run and hide, run to mom, dad. They may run to you, and some of them are, but, man, just keep on keeping on. I want to show you something. Look over in Matthew 12. I don't even know if I'm going to get to what I thought I was going to get to, but I'm going to get somewhere. That's the way I felt this morning. I woke up and, I didn't, Lord, I don't really know where to go. Why don't you follow my lead? Okay, I'll try that. That, may, that might produce some things. Now, look in verse 18 of Matthew 12. Now, this is a really, so I'm just going to throw this out. Because um, I have a feeling that you guys, I know there's been a move of God among our youth. And all of us, but I do know the enemy tries to come and steal that which has been planted. But look in verse 18. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen. How many of you are the chosen ones? Now, it's a messianic passage referring to Jesus taken out of the book of Isaiah. But we're chosen. We're chosen. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. He's pleased because of the, the amount of who... Jesus is in us and through us, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. Where justice is a decision, a distinction, judgment, the tribunal. I've been hearing people tell me they're coming tribunals. I keep asking, well, where are those tribunals you're telling me about? I don't see them, but I do see one that's coming I see one that's it's not going to be delayed. Then in verse 19, he goes on. Now, this is a prophetic messianic scripture. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. In other words, Jesus wasn't the one who was publicly, you know, put protesting. I mean, he just preached the gospel. He lived the gospel. His life was a protest. He didn't have to cry out in the streets or anything. But anyway, verse 20, this is the main thing. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax 
he will not quench. Smoking flax is like a flickering candle. You ever feel like you're flickering? You know, the fire sometimes seems to barely be burning. Anybody feel like that sometimes? You know, you had a fire. What happened to it? The devil showed up with his extinguisher. That's part of it. Also, tribulation, cares of the world, all these things. But anyway, he said, uh, bruise reed, he won't break. A smoking flax, he will not quench until... This is the good part. He sends forth justice to victory. And in his name, Gentiles will trust. Now, this is just, I, 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 this intrigued me, this verse. I always looked at it as, well, it's the enemy trying to put the fire out. And I think that's part of it. But it's more than that. It's, it's a text. Who do you know that was more, more beaten and bruised and wounded other than our Savior. He was the one that was bruised. They tried to put him out. They tried to extinguish him. And yet, even though when they thought they had extinguished him, it only made matters worse because he went into, you know, the grave, hell, captured the keys, rose from the dead. Then the victory really began. That's when victory, does that make sense to you? you does it, did he, he took upon himself, regardless of the suffering, his purpose was still, still came to pass. Does that make sense? And so it is with you and me. There's a greater purpose. Men are going to do what men do. Woe to those who betray him, like Judas betrayed him, but it didn't mess up the overall purpose of God. There are going to be those in this hour that are going to rise up and do all kinds of evil. It's not going to mess up God's ultimate purpose in the world. It's not going to mess up God's ultimate purpose in you. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to make all this fit together because I want to understand it too. Until he brings forth judgment to victory. The truth is going to, I read one place, it speaks about the truth. Until ultimately the truth will triumph. Because right now it looks like they're trying to hide the truth. What's that one statement I heard? If you tell the truth in a time of tyranny, it's like a revolution, something like that. You remember that? T telling the truth in a time of tyranny is like starting a revolution. Well, we're going to start a revolution. That, that word victory is the word Nike, conquest, triumph. I guess one way to look at this scripture is regardless of what comes your way, the ultimate victory will come for you, period. We always triumph in Christ. Well, what about the times it looks like I'm not? Hang in there. Bruce Reed, he's not going to break. He's for you. He's the one that comes and sends the fresh fire anyway. He's the wind. He's the wind. He's the breath. Anyway, if you don't see what I see in that scripture, I'll forgive you. I'm just now beginning to see it in a new way, and it excites me. Because they might come along, there might be some trials. There might be a few bruises and wounds and batterings. Well, I know how this story ends. Not just, that's not just a saying. I believe what the Word says, and I know He's going to bring forth judgment to victory. Anyway, I'll say amen if you want. Okay, look over in Revelation chapter 4. This is what I saw in the Scripture. Does that make sense to anybody You know, I, I remember those old guys. Now, I'm not going to call Stephen List old or the guy that's coming after him old. We're not that far behind him. I mean, no, I'm a long way behind him. I'm a long way. But anyway, um, I just appreciate those, those men that would come along and preach the truths of the Scripture, man. It's like the Word of God would just explode. You know what I mean? Just like, whoa. Where are those guys today? Well, we got to be those guys. I don't know you know what I mean. We got to be it. This generation's they're looking for those who will expound, man, the Scriptures. Because you got to stand on the Word. Your emotions will come and go. But the Word of God endures forever. And that has a lot to do with this Scripture. So what in the world does this mean in Revelation chapter 4? 
I know what some say, and I'm not in any way doubting all of these experiences. But my faith is not on anyone's experience. My faith is, we sing about his blood, his righteousness, the eternal word. And God didn't tell me to preach my experiences. I know I share them with you. The dreams I have, you know, the, um, I've had some pretty powerful dreams. But in Timothy, when things are going haywire in the whole world, they're traitors, you know, boasters and proud and blasphemers. And they're going worse to worse. What do you do? You preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. You know, rebuke, exhort. That's my commission. You can have all these journeys. I'm stuck on the earth. I'm in the world. I'm not of it. And I know the answer. And the answer is the gospel. The answer is the word of God. So anyway, I'm not debunking anything. I'm not. But I want to show you the context of Revelation chapter 4. You can do with it what you want. Somewhere along the way, they told me, and how did they say this? A text without a context can easily become a pretext if you want it to. No amens. Let me try that again. A text without the context can easily become a pretext if you want it to. You can make it say whatever you want it to say. It can... Um, and in the same time, God is bigger than my understanding of any text. So we, man, I want to go on, Lord. Don't let my unbelief hold me back. Does that, you understand? Because whatever you see is probably just about this much of what there is to see. Does that make sense? You, you see something in the Scripture, it comes alive. You think, wow. Well, a couple years later, you look at it again. Whoa. I didn't see that. And then a couple years later, are you kidding me? That means that. It's just a never-ending revelation. Okay, so uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And after these things, I looked, and behold, and a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here. And I'll show you things which must take place after this. I was in a spirit. I saw a throne set in heaven and one set on the throne. And he that sat on the throne was jasper and sardis stone and appearance of rainbow. The enemies tried to steal that rainbow. That rainbow belongs to the Lord, looks like to me. They perverted it. And then along around the throne were 24 elders or thrones of that elders and clothed in white robes, crowns of thorn, proceeding with lightnings and thunderings, seven lamps of fire. Seven, anyway, I'll just talk about a few things. Now, when he says, after these things, now they told me the book of Revelation doesn't necessarily, it's not in chronological, it may not even be the order written, but some things happened before this that, that, he needed to understand there were th this was after some things. Now, the only thing I know is you look back at the message of the seven churches, and uh, so there was an examination. There was a challenge of great promises given, but they had to repent, hold on to their first love, do the first works, be faithful unto death, you know, just some simple things. They're going to throw you, some of you in prison, but you be faithful unto death. Just some simple things that the church had to go through or believers had to go through. They, he wanted them to remember. And then after these things, he says there are certain things that are going to happen. So here, here's what I'm saying. Why did he issue this invitation to come up here? Why? Why? Well, here's what I see. Can I share with you what I see? You're not going to throw a stone at me. Well, number one is to show you, because if you read from here on, you're going to get a big revelation of J-E-S-U-S. -S. So number one, he called him up. He showed him a revelation of Jesus. It's not about, it's not a revelation of me or you. It's a revelation of Jesus. 
It's the greatest revelation. It's what we've been waiting for from the beginning of time. It's the unfolding, the revealing of none other than the one who sits upon the throne. No greater revelation. In fact, in verse 2, he's sitting on the throne. Verse 4 of chapter 4, the 24 elders clothed in white robes. I wouldn't mind seeing those guys. I know people, I, they said they've seen them. Some of you may have. You ever seen them? I don't know. I believe they're there whether I see them or not. You know, I, I, I want to see more. See more. See more. Yeah, see more. I want to see more. Anyway, I do want to see more. But bless her to your eyes, if you, even if you hadn't seen, but you believe. So that's the way I look at it. Lord, show me all, but I'm going to believe you, period. I believe. I believe everything it says, 24 elders. And then he saw how the believers and the followers would, uh, now this is, you got to talk about this. They would, now this is chapter 5 and verse 10. And he made us to be a kingdom and priest to our God. Now, many people interpret that kings and priests. It can mean that if you wanted to, but you know what it means, really? A kingdom of priests. Look it up. And he has made unto you a kingdom and priests unto our God, and you will reign on the earth. And we know that's the ultimate purpose. We're going to reign with him. Does this make sense? Now, there's another place later on. It says kings and priests. I looked it up. But in this particular instance, I will make unto you a kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom, a priest unto the most high God. Anyway, that's just interesting. And then he saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice the worthiness. He saw the lamb. He saw the seven spirits. What are the seven spirits of God again? Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, understanding. Why do you need understanding? So you can stand under whatever you have to walk under, but you have an understanding. You can stand to the, the brink of time. You're not going to fold. You're not going to retreat. You need the counsel. How many of you need counsel in this hour? He's our counselor. You know, it, I, have, I know how to get out of the counseling business. Introduce people to the counselor. He'll do a whole lot better job of counseling people than you will ever think about. So just introduce them to the Holy Spirit. And then might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And then he looked and heard many angels. Worthy is the Lamb. Who, well, we were singing that this morning. I thought, Lord, this just confirms. This confirmed. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and strength and honor and glory. And then he saw the Lamb of God. The Lord God who was almighty, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who is and was and is to come, the root of David. He saw the one, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He saw the one whose eyes are like flames of fire. He saw the faithful and the true, the righteous judge who comes and makes war. He saw the word of God, the Alpha, the Omega, the root, root and offspring of David, and he saw the bright and morning star, and I just got started. You do a study after this verse, and you will, all of a sudden, it'll dawn on you. Obviously, he was brought up there to have a revelation of Jesus, because that's what the whole thing talks about from there on out. And that's what he sees. He sees the Lamb of God. Now, I'm not saying you can't go up there. I'm not saying that. All I know is we got a task here, and we better make sure we're doing it because our time on earth is growing short, and the enemy knows he has only a short time. And not only does the devil know he has a short time, even the Lord's going to shorten the time. Do you know there's going to be a day? Jesus said this himself. He said, things are going to get so serious that I'm going to shorten the days because if I did not shorten the days, not one single person will be left on the face of the earth. That's what it says. See, I don't agree with that. Well, disagree with Jesus because that's what he said. I'm going to shorten the days. Why do you think they're speeding up as they are? For the elect's sake, he's speeding them up because the way things are going in the world, 
Okay, Jesus said, if it were possible, even the elect could be deceived. Is it possible? Well, if you back up in verse 1, he says, number one, take heed that no one deceive you. So it's obviously possible. So you got to be in the Word. you got to be rooted in the Scriptures. The experiences are wonderful. When they come and they tell us about them, we want it all. We want everything. But we want ultimately the Word of God to be standing firm because that doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to stand on the Word of God that is eternal. So number one, he had a revelation of Jesus. Number two, what happened after this? Can I tell you? He saw all the unfolding judgments that were going to come forth and break out upon the earth. He saw it all. You read from chapter 4 to the end, you're going to notice, man, it gets serious on planet earth. There are a lot of judgment, but you got to bring forth judgment to victory. You got to have the judgment. You know, this is getting dangerous reading the Bible. I'm trying to read it now twice in a year. I, once a year, forget that. I want more than that. I thought maybe three or four times, maybe I'd go there. But right now, I'm just, I'm going to be twice a year faithful, reading the Word every single day. And it just make it a habit. Say, oh, well, that's religious. Well, it's a good habit. It's a good religious habit. Read the Word, man. You say, well, God, don't speak to me. Read the book. Open the book. God might speak to you if you read it. Anyway, I'm reading, and it dawned on me. It, it hit me. It said, uh, okay, now how did it go? It said, during the days of the judges, the, the people of, of God were walking in obedience. They were, they were yielded to the Lord. They were walking in victory, something like that, during the days of the judges. And then it says, but when the judges died, the people reverted to their old ways. They went back, and they started following other gods. Then the, ju then the judgments came. And I thought, Lord, maybe that fits with the day. If the church doesn't emphasize the judgments of God, then they're just going to throw off all restraint, revert to their old evil ways, follow other, all the other false gods. But eventually, the judge is going to come regardless. The ultimate judge is coming. You know, you have to laugh a little bit about what's happening. That one guy, some of you don't know who I'm talking about, but you don't have to know. Don't look it up. Just take my word. Well, here I am telling you to search your word, but this is true. This one guy, I heard a video, maybe he's watching, because the Lord loves him. It's He's talking about, okay, Lord, anyway, he wrote the book, C-19 and the Great Reset. You know it's all been about a great reset. There's a great unfolding plan that the devil has to deceive, to trick, ultimately to bring about the mark of the beast. Those who comply in the little things will comply in the big things. Those who resist in the little things will resist. The big things. But anyway, this guy, they're interviewing this guy, and he's talking about AI. Now, I've been seeing, even Steven Spielberg lately was warning about the progression of artificial intelligence. I know Elon Musk did it as well. He's saying, don't, I'm warning you, this is getting out of hand. So anyway, somebody sent me a video of this one guy that's over this world body. He's, I wish I could say it the way he says it. He says, it's written in the book. It's like a science fiction movie, watching the guy. It's written in the book that whoever controls AI will be the masters of the world. I used to watch movies where people would say things like that. Now, now there are people saying things like that. And when I saw that, I wanted to go to him. So you think you're going to be the master of the world? You really... you. Let me tell you, you know these guys think they're never going to die? They're working, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Get to the quick so I can get on with the message. They're working on things because they think they'll be able to avert the judgment of God. They say they don't believe in God, but they want to live forever. It's like when those explorers went looking for the fountain of youth. We found it. 
We found the fountain of youth. It's called, the God, it's called eternal life. We have, the, we have the answer you're looking for. It ain't going to work. It is appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, over this body, you're not going to be a master. Maybe for a little time you're going to look like you're a master. It ain't going to work for very long. You're going to stand before the real master one day, and it's my prayer that you'll come to repentance. It's God's will that none should perish. But anyway, there's going to be judgments. That's why he called him up there. You read, I promise you, you read the rest, and you're going to see judgment after judgment after judgment after judgment. Okay, 6, 1 through 2, come and see. Then there's uh, the opening of the seals, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Man, that's exciting. The martyrs being slain for the word of God and their testimony. Do we have any volunteers? Do you believe in the word of God? Do you have a testimony that Jesus is your Lord? Some of you could end up one of these martyrs. I'm just saying. It just could be. I mean, it's going to happen eventually. It'd be a great honor. Who's the guy? I'm trying to go through the processes of time in my mind. Who was that guy? Well, he was somebody. <laughs> he, gave, he gave his life. And uh, before he gave his life, he, he said, the only regret I have is I only have one life to give for my Savior. Who was that guy? No, it was someone else connected to Corrie ten Boom. Maybe it was his dad. But anyway, it was somebody. They said, it's my only regret. Huh? Casper Ten Boom. My only regret is that I only have one life to give for my Savior. That should be our testimony. That's the only regret I have. I only have one. Anyway, we'll go there another day. Then they'll be reading about where all these kings and rulers of the earth, the rich and the mighty, are going to hide in the caves. They're going to run to their bunkers from fear of all the things that are coming and of the wrath of the Lamb of God. They're going to try to escape. They will not be able to hide in that day. Then there's the seven trumpets, and then there's the formation of the armies of the Antichrist. Anyway, we don't have time to get in all this, and then the saints are going to you know, they're going to have to walk in great faith and patience. Say faith. faith. It's not only faith in, it's going to have to be the faith of. The faith of Jesus. Yeah. We have, we'll get into all this. Then there's the bold judgments, and then there's the destruction of Babylon. You know, God is not into building up Babylon. He's into tearing it down. And it's coming down. Eventually, things are going to come bit by bit. I want to have a part in it. How many of you And seen that kingdom of Babylon? And then, you know, all those are going to be thrown in the pit, the cowards and the liars. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go here, but, you know, we, everything is being uncovered that can be, it's all, everything that's hidden is being revealed. So we're starting to see things revealed about what was really going on on January the 6th, you know, the videos. And we found out it's exactly as we thought. It was no insurrection. The insurrection is happening. It's happened before that. It's the insurrection that's accusing, but that's what the enemy does. You accuse your enemy of what you're doing yourself, why you're doing it, so as to create confusion. It's old as the hills. We knew all this, and then I saw many senators get very upset because the American people actually saw the truth of what was happening. One of them was our state senator, Tom Tillis. That shows you what side Tom Tillis is on. It's not on he's not on my side. He's not on your side. Because either you're for the truth or you're against it. And he signed a declaration for all of North Carolina to see that I'm opposed to the truth. I'm just telling you. Because when you know the truth, you get free. And then, you know, it's all been coming out 
about all this stuff that's been going on over the last two and a half years. Unless you have your head stuck in the sand, it's all there. The Lord made sure we would all know what's happening. Anyway, it's all part of God's plan to show us. Anyway, okay, I better get to the last point. Some of you are saying, be careful, you might get killed. My only regret is I only have one life. Listen, the martyrs are probably going to have a pretty special place. I have a feeling it's, there's going to be some designated cheering section when we get there. You mean, now a lot of folks were not even going to know they were martyrs. You're not even going to know. Then when you get there, you were a martyr? Really? I didn't even know you had faith. And what it is, they had a faith, maybe it wasn't as public as yours, but they were in the trenches fighting the good fight of faith. Anyway, I can't wait. This is all getting exciting to me. Anybody else? It's getting exciting living in this time. Can you believe we've been called to live in this day? Now, what if we have it wrong and we all pass away and there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands? Well, it, God will forgive us. Because when I read the book... Every generation believed they were the last generation to live on the earth. You should live that way as if you're the last because one day they'll actually be correct. I just have a feeling I'm correct. I may not be. And then the last thing, John saw, and you read this, he saw the ultimate victory and reward of all of those who remain devoted to the Lamb, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I could go many places, but I'm not going to do that. But, you know, part of our commission, you know, it's to uh, preach the gospel, the good news. And we're doing that in Africa, and you're a part of it, and it's a glorious testimony. And I've shared with you, because this one in Tanzania was the most expensive yet, and I share with Shirley all the time. I, I say, I am so glad I don't keep account of how much money we're spending because I wouldn't... I'm liable to go back into some, you know what I mean, realm of whatever, oh, ye of little faith. It would stun me and shock me. I, occasionally, I just kind of look at it. I'll let Tony and Michelle worry about all the finances. I just say, Lord, is this you? Should we spend this much money in Tanzania? And then Tony tells me we have enough, and we do it. But if we added it all up, I would say, how in the world, God, could this congregation have spent what we've spent over these last two years in Africa. How? The only way I know is God. Well, it's the same way. You're going to get to the, how in the world did you get me through the days that, according to the word, I'm going to be walking through? How in the world are you going to get me to the end? His name is God, G-O-D. He's the Lamb of God, and he's going to take you through. Preach the gospel, contend for the faith. That's a challenge in this hour. They'll throw stones at you for contending, but we're going to do it anyway, right? You contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Well, what about all these new revelations? Mm, I won't go there. And then we're to make disciples. Now, you know what a disciple is. I'm going to wrap it up because some of you are saying, I thought you were wrapping this thing up. Well, disciples, you got to first come in you got to teach them to stand and walk firm. That's what we're doing in Africa. We, they get saved. And I ask them again in Tanzania, how many of you guys watch Grace Radio or listen, listen to Grace Radio on Wednesday? Most all of them are raising their hands. I'm thinking, how could all of Africa be listening to Grace Radio? How could it be, Lord? But anyway, you got to teach people those are discipleship gatherings. There's no way we can disciple them fully in one little time. But I'm trusting the greatest disciple or the Holy Spirit. But, you know, we want to teach people how to walk in the Word, but you also want to train people how to live in the hour in which we're living. Does that make sense? You want to be equipped to be an overcomer. You know what the book of Revelation is about? Overcomers. So that's what this last point is all about. It's overcoming. Overcoming. And in the midst of the wickedness of men, guess who really is ruling and reigning? Christ Jesus, it is he. Now, Bonnie is such a great friend. I'm so grateful for Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Jones. 
Bonnie Carter too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all the Bonnies. But Bonnie Jones. Now many people like Rick and others, Bob was like a prophet who would call them and tell them what he's seen. And Bob never did that for me. I knew Bob. We knew Bob. We took him places. We went to his home. I had a dream about Bob and which, how I got here in this pulpit and all of these things. But Bonnie, from time to time, will text me or call me very strategic times and say, David, I had a dream, and you were in my dream. The gathering was in my dream. It's like when we, we were over in western North Carolina at that schoolhouse where the Pentecostal Church of God revival was birthed. And I was on my knees, you know, God, do it again. Do it. I like to do stuff like that. I just believe you should go for it. So I'm on my knees. Well, I get a text. Wouldn't you know it? A text, I'm on my knees. So anyway, it's Bonnie. And it's a word while I'm praying. That's pretty good. God, I like that. Well, she called last week. And she said, I had a, I had a vision one morning in prayer. She said she saw us, the gathering church, and it's like there was a Vietnam memorial stationed out the front door to the right where the handicap parking is. She said it reminded her of the Iwo Jima Memorial in Washington, D.C. And there were children gathered around this memorial. And then she stopped. She said, okay, now what's the rest of the story? Well, it's up to you to figure it out. Ask the Lord. And, and this is what I, because this is what I got. Number one, God's called us to be a part of a movement of liberty in this hour and freedom. But the freedom that we most must present to the world is the freedom of the gospel. Because whom the sun sets free is going to be free indeed, regardless of what happens to the nations. Because ultimately, all nations will crumble and fall. There's only one kingdom, one nation that will endure forever. And that's the kingdom that we're a part of, the kingdom of our God. Also, it's going to require great sacrifice. You know, there were many, the Iwo Jima, you know, memorial, many, Vietnam, they sacrificed their all, the ultimate sacrifice. Well, we may be called to the ultimate sacrifice. But the ultimate sacrifice is leading, is a quick way to the ultimate gain. You may lose your life, but you will gain it. If you seek to save it, you lose it. But if you lose it for his sake and the gospel, you find it. You gain it. So it's the ultimate gain. Then I felt like the Lord saying, we really are entering into a time of war. Natural and spiritual, both. It will not shock us, will it? The Lord's already told us there'll be wars and rumors of wars, right? So what are we to do? Go, you know, no, no, be not troubled. All these things must come to pass. It's just the beginning. That's the scary part, Lord. I'm the beginning. And then I see what these guys are doing, poking the bear. You, you talk about what happened. I didn't know that story about how they had a, a fake nuclear launch they just did that again a couple, it was this past week. Shirley and I saw it on a website. There was an alarm that went off in Russia saying, go to your shelters, we're under attack. Now, do I know that for 100%? I believe the guy, he said people from Russia were calling him. They sent him a video of what appeared on a Russian television. So some snake was trying to get Russia to go ahead and, and launch the attack, trying to speed things up. And I don't know what happened in all the story, but thank God, thank God, there's a resistor called the Holy Spirit. So these evil men, they're going, what did the Lord say? He said, everything will go exactly as has been determined, but woe unto those who betray. It would be better if that man had not even been born, speaking of Judas, remember that. And that's the way I feel about these things. And then we've been given a big part to play in this hour. If you're here this morning and you're watching, you have a part in the greatest unfolding and revelation known to man, the revelation of Jesus. 
And then we're going to need a lot of courage. Lord, did you guys, I know I'm meddling a little bit. You're thinking these things. Did you see where they gave an award? The courageous woman of the year. God have mercy. They know not evidently what they're doing. Anyway, God have mercy. That's all I know. God have mercy. But we're going to need courage. You're going to need courage. Where you get it from? Get it from above. You get it from him. Fear. Listen, fear may come or go. I don't know. There are fears. When things startle you, you get a little fearful. But the fear is not going to dictate your future. It's whose faith. Where is your faith that will get you beyond what you're suddenly been startled with? It's the faith of the Most High. Anyway, it's a great battle for the souls of men. That's the ultimate battle. Thank you, Kyle, for reminding us of that. Man, this is, it's not a battle to save a nation ultimately. Yes, thank God. I'm, man, I love America. But it's the souls of men and women that the eternal. That's why he said, you know, he that winneth souls is wise. And then our children are going to be impacted by what you and I do today. There were a lot of children around that memorial. Well, you don't think our children are going to pay a price if you and I fail to pay our price today? Their lives were going to be affected by how you and I respond in this hour to the call of heaven. Does that make sense? If we lay down, if we fail to rise up, arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord, darkness will cover. If we fail to arise, the next generation will pay a great price. Anyway, that's the way I see it. But then the ultimate thing is last ultimate victory will come. And that's the promise that it, in Matthew that we read, you know, will not extinguish a flickering candle, break a bruised reed until justice comes forth to victory. In other words, when it's all said and done, we win. And if you're in Christ, you are a victor. Always. We always triumph. What if they kill me? I always triumph. They may kill the body. They cannot touch the soul. So I'm not worried. And you're not either. If you come to this church, you will not be worried. If we see worry on you, Scott's going to come and wipe it off. (laughs) These kids, these kids ain't got any worry. They're ready to capture a world. And I believe you're going to have an opportunity to do it. What do you think this is for? The phase out at the very end? No, 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 no. We're going to see something more than just phasing out, hanging on by the thread of our chinny-chin-chin. Oh, I'm standing on the eternal word of God. Man, this foundation cannot be cracked, shaken, disassembled. It ain't going to happen. Does that make sense? Okay, I want to pray for a release of faith in you guys. That's my prayer today. I, probably most of us know the Lord, but I'm going to pray anyway for those that might be watching that you would come to faith. This is the day of salvation. We don't know. These things can, you're not supposed to, you know, put your stock in tomorrow. You put your stock in today. Today's the day of salvation. You know what I mean? And I mean, I have a future and a hope, but it has nothing to do with whether I face tomorrow or what happens. My future is sound and secure in Christ. Does that mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. A future and a hope. Then I'm going to pray for release of faith. Father, hey, listen, if you don't know Jesus, call on him right now. I want to challenge you, wherever you're watching from, pray some simple prayer. you got to mean it in your heart. It's not praying what I pray. You mean basically whoever calls on the name of the Lord in this hour will be saved, healed, delivered, all that that scripture speaks of. So just say, dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus. 
He is the son of the living God. He lived, he died, and he rose from the dead. I confess I need a savior. I've sinned, and I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me, that washes me. And so I turn from my sin, and I turn my life over to you. And I choose to follow you. I call upon you to make you the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, contact us, and we'll send you some information, help you get started on your journey. It's a great journey. It's the greatest journey. But now I want to pray. Hey, you guys just stand. We're going to go in just a moment. I want to pray for release of faith. Because, um, okay, this is what I see. The winds of adversity are coming your way. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. There will be many winds that will come. Now, we're looking for the mighty wind, the strong wind of heaven. So if you're in that wind, that will be the greater wind compared to all the others. The others will be lesser winds. Because the wind, the rain, the storms will come. They will beat upon that house. But if you're standing on a solid foundation, then you will stand. But there will be winds of adversity, winds of, you know, that challenge your faith. You know, things that come, they just come. Lord, I thank you for the gift of faith, and I pray in Jesus' name for everyone in this room and those that are watching online. I pray that a great wind of heaven will come. Lord, I pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I pray, Lord, for a fresh release of the fire from heaven. Lord, I thank you. We're not among those whose fire grows dim and goes out. You send a wind in order to stir and fan the flame that you began, and you are the flame anyway. So we pray for a fresh release and revealing of the flame of heaven that is destined to burn in every one of our hearts. We thank you we've been called to let our light shine among men that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven that many things exist in this hour so that the works of God would be revealed. So we give you glory, Lord, that we get to walk out this faith, equipped in the faith to do the will of the Father, hearing whatever he says, going wherever he sends. And I thank you, Lord, for the gift of faith to see the miraculous. Now, Lord, I declare that right now. People are going to speak Rivers that are polluted are going to be made pure in Jesus' name. I just saw that somewhere in the world. Because I'm not putting anything past the wicked, evil people of this day. They will do whatever they do. But it will not distort or mess up the purposes of God. And so, Lord, I thank you for the power of God to intervene and to correct even a toxic river. Lord, I ask you to do that in Ohio. I hadn't heard lately what's going on up there because they don't want us to hear what's going on. But I pray for believers in that region to rise up with gifts of faith and to change things that have been done. Let them be undone in the name of Jesus Christ. The sons of God are walking on those lands in that part of Ohio. And all of nature will bow to the almighty Oh, man. So I declare that. And then I see people. Here's what I see. You may be watching. You may be in this room. But it's like the lady that uh, she spent all she had trying to get well by going to the physician. She only got worse. And there are many people like that today. They've only gotten worse. And God, I just pray right now you'll raise up people that will have the right formula And the formula is the formula of faith in the greatest physician and the anointing. They're going to need the anointing. So, Lord, I pray for the oil and that, God, those people will walk into those places and lay their hands on those situations and there'll be a reverse in Jesus' name. 
Now, this is crazy, but I'm going to go with it. I see somewhere in the world where your cattle has died. Well, that just, hey, just join the party. It's a worldwide thing. Anyway, we won't go there. But I know it looks impossible. It's not impossible with God. Do you realize if those cattle lived again, the testimony you would have among those around you? So go lay hands on them. I don't know. This could be. I'm, hey, faith is faith is faith. You just risk. So I pray for faith for whoever that is. God, I saw that. And I pray they'll, instead of give up, they'll go lay hands on the cattle. And I pray for resurrection power to reverse the, the demonic order of things and that which the enemies intended for evil. I pray God uses a great testimony to the people of the power of the resurrection. They've never seen anything like that before. Now, my prayer and my hope is you've got to let us know when that happens. Because people think you've lost your mind. So tell me when it happens. Okay, I see something else. I, I see someone, they signed some kind of a contract. It's like they were in some kind of a mess because of a mistake they made. But I saw, I hear the word, God is the great nullifier of wicked and evil contracts that were made out of foolishness. That's what I heard. So if that's you, I just want to speak to that contract and say, you be nullified in Jesus' name. Nullified. Now, Lord, I thank you for the heavenly contract that will be written in its place that you had intended all along. And you've already signed the bottom of it. All they have to do is sign at the beginning. It's a done deal, the Lord says. Okay, here's one more thing that I, maybe one more, but I see a parent and their children are just getting away from them because they are in the public education sector and they're trying their best to hold on. They've roped them. It's almost like they, you know, they roped, they've done everything they can, but these kids are not following orders. They keep, they're going after the things of the world and you're almost about to pull your hair out. Don't pull your hair out. I'm just gonna pray that God will rescue your kids. If the Lord, if the Lord is the cowboy behind that rope, I'm telling you, your kids are going to be rescued. And he's greater at delivering your children than you are from saving them. He's a better God than you are is what I'm saying. So thank you, Lord God Almighty. Lord, I pray for that, uh, that rope. God, would you rope those kids, draw them back where they cannot get out. They cannot escape. The lure of the world is not greater than the captivity that is found in Christ Jesus. And I pray those kids, Lord, they had a relationship. They have a relationship with you. And I pray let them be captivated by the love of God in Christ and drawn back to those parents as a testimony of the power of God in this generation. There's one more thing. There's a baseball player out there. You're a believer, and you know God's called you to stand for righteousness, but you know if you do, they say there will be a price to pay. He already, hey, we, he already paid the price. You might find that God might take care of the whole situation for you if you'll just rise up and be the voice of righteousness. Okay, that's what I see. Just be the voice of righteousness. Let the chips fall where they may. You might be surprised. In fact, I think you will be surprised. But anyway, this is a lot of fun. I don't mean to keep you guys. You know, it'd be good to have words locally. I know maybe some of this fills in the gap. I just know right now we got to go for everything we got. Stir up the prophetic God. Stir up the 
all the gifts, words of knowledge. Okay, you guys, now listen. You start coming on Sundays, you get a word of knowledge, come up. Say, man, I have a word of knowledge. I'm seeing some stuff. And let's just believe God will speak to people on the air. If you have a word from the Lord, God will make sure they are watching so they'll get the word from the Lord designed for them. Our viewership will shoot up when you're getting words from God for the people. Anyway, Lord, release words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Here's one more thing. Healing, there's something messed up in your uh, digestive tract. Just see a messed up. It's just messed up. You ever been messed up? You just messed up. It's a, there's something like going back and forth right in through here. Some of you are saying, that ain't your digestive tract. That's, you know, I don't know. That's all I see. Anyway, Lord, we declare it's, we unravel that congestion, that thing that's twisting in the digestive system. Unravel it in Jesus' name. And let everything work properly this day in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.